Hi, I'm not actually Benjamin Light. <laughs> I guess I'm Marco Sparks. Welcome to Bros Watch PL2. We're back. It's been a month. Not a whole lot has changed in the world of the Plurfectionists, but uh, we read some of the uh, book. We read the first eight chapters. We got our mitts on uh, super secret upfront trailer that apparently has not been released to the public. We'll talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you has come out, Shay Mitchell joint on the Lifetime Network. We'll talk about a little bit about that at the end. You, all you, you're all caught about, up, right? Yeah, all I want to mm-hmm. talk about is you. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry again. Who am I speaking to then? My name is James. Hi. Hi. I like that you preemptively got in there on Twitter and you're like, save your jokes. Mm-hmm. I know the two jokes. Have fun <laughs> trying to Google me. Anyway, let's um, let's get into it. I guess we should talk about this upfront trailer first. Thanks to a uh, friend of the pod, Andrew. I don't know if I should call him out by name because this might be illegal that, that we have this. But uh, he was able to point us towards a, a place where we could procure such an upfront trailer. <laughs> we don't need to go over this whole thing because a lot of it we've already seen. But there is yeah. some new stuff, some clarification here. I assume this is, I mean, it must be all from the pilot because they're not filming the second episode yet. Yeah, yeah. Where, look, I mean, just, okay, I'll jump in. Mm-hmm. Ominous cello immediately. That's that ominous cello music. Immediately. Like, we're not going to wait a little bit. It's coming in immediately. This is a vibe. This is a mood. Yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff. Um, some details we get. Mona says, I work at BHU, Beacon Heights University, faculty selection, and I chose you. I don't know how Mona became part of faculty selection at BHU, but sure. I feel like she's like there undercover. Well, here's, here's my wonder. Is this a, 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 a ploy to like have the Emerson fans declare war on Mona instead? Cause good luck. Yeah, <laughs> You're not going to win lose. that fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't the faculty selection usually like an alumni type thing? Like I also figured you, you need to like have gone to the school to be involved in that. I could be wrong, but. That all seems like, like the uh, sort of job that like alumni would do. Like it's her and like Andy Bernard or something. Yeah. Um, isn't there some fucking terrible movie where somebody like some romantic comedy where somebody works in faculty selection? Probably. I don't know mm-hmm. how one gets that gig, but I feel like you need to have gone to the school and be like real chummy with past alumni. You need to be like a legacy or something. I don't know. But, but it's Mona. It's Mona. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a whole fake identity. For all we know, she has been enrolled in BHU mm-hmm. the entire time she's enrolled. She got her degree when she's a sophomore in high school. Yeah. yeah fuck off, Doogie Hauser. <laughs> um, so she picked Allie. Yeah, which is interesting. Allison doesn't look super thrilled at that prospect. Um, the interesting thing about this trailer to me is that the real like meat of the story, the perfectionist story, doesn't actually feature Allison and Mona. Like, other than the Mona with the pie and the knife and all that stuff, they're just doing a lot of, like, watching from afar with concern. I don't you, want that. I mean, you definitely get that vibe from the whole trailer that we've gotten in the past, too. So it's like, how the hell are these two worlds going to meld together? Because they kind of seem like they're on different TV shows. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, I want a little bit of that, but then I want no more of that. Mm-hmm. So we find out a little bit more about our main like power trio and Nolan here. Um, Dylan, I, I can't remember if we saw this in the last one or not, but Dylan is cello guy. I guess he's a stand in for McKenzie. 
he's doing the papers for Ava and Nolan, even though but not, Nolan, but Nolan is dating Caitlin. Yeah. And so I don't understand why Dylan is doing the papers for Ava. Like what? It, it baffles me. Like, it's like Nolan seems to be dating Caitlin, but he's still like hooking up Ava with free papers. I don't know. It's weird. And Dylan is got a thing on the side with Nolan. And then the guy that I was pretty sure was Dylan's boyfriend. Oh, like the weird, like serial killer Shirt. looking shaved chest guy. Yeah. Yeah. The shirtless dude is like making coffee. I want to say he's he, like doing he Caitlin. Him. Yeah. He's like doing Caitlin. He's like bringing her coffee in bed and she is naked, naked. Yeah. So I had no idea. I think they're all just fucking each other. That's the only thing I can gather from this. Um, Dylan also, he has a line here. He's talking to Caitlin. I keep wanting to call her Sydney because that's the actress name. He's talking to Caitlin. And he says, mm-hmm. we're his fake friends, all right? We just hang out to make it look like he has the perfect posse, which is weird. Yeah. Like, is he blackmailing you into being his friend or something? Or Well, isn't he, like, blackmailing? Am I misremembering? He's, like, blackmailing Caitlin into, like, having... It seems that him and Caitlin maybe have dated briefly or are dating but he's like she's like why would i pretend to be your girlfriend and he's just like i'm blackmailing your mom like she'll never win the election if this video gets out or something because he's got like video of her mom having an affair or something like that and so like he wants her to pretend to still be his girlfriend like he's like a evil uh dude from uh to all the boys i love before yes he's the evil peter kaminsky the antimatter peter kaminsky yeah um can I just say, though, that in this two-minute trailer, mm-hmm. I feel like I have such a better grasp on the Nolan character than I do from eight chapters of the book? Well, he's, uh, you know, spoiler alert, not really in any of those chapters except in memories. Um, yeah. Um, but the, the, like, it seems like the casting of the Broadchurch guy for Nolan is perfect casting. Well, he's like, and- he's got a thing on the side with Dylan. His mom, we find out BH5 is Nolan, and his mom wants active surveillance on him. Nolan's like wandering around in the middle of the woods saying, like, we need to meet on like t- cell phones. Um, I don't know where the serial killer guy fits in. I'm so confused. Yeah, seemingly Nolan is fucking everyone, including this girl in the bed who's like. She's riding hard. Oh, well, she's having like movies. Pretty sex. explicit. This is like as porny, I think, feel like, as we've ever seen in a freeform show. Yeah, but like she's like the way the sheet is wrapped around yeah. them. This is like straight out of a Showtime thing. <laughs> also, he looks so like is not this as dorm room on that or sex. yeah, uh, that's a hell of a dorm room. I I don't know where this is supposed to be. Like, does he live on campus? Do they just I'm... live in like a weird mansion right next to the campus? Yeah, where is the mansion on the campus? Like, they're they're constantly like overlooking water in some way or another. At one point, Allie's like watching him like grab Caitlin and like pull her back. So she's around, I guess. I can't tell if this is like a fancy fucking party or well, it's it's a nice dress that she's wearing. So it might be a fancy fucking party. It it looks like some sort of mixer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Faculty mixer, maybe. I mean, he's wearing like not shit that you would wear to class. No, (laughs) he's like a suit. He's in like a nice uh, blue suit there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on. It all seems very confusing. Yeah. And uh, it, it seems like he's fucking 75% of the cast. I think the only people he's not fucking are Mona and Allie. And maybe the driver. But I don't maybe, know. I could be wrong yeah. about that. Very confused. 
but what brings you to what's what's Oregon? even is it nolan hotchkiss blush what's even weirder is that we've read eight chapters of the book which i feel pretty confident in saying the book's going to be or the the show is going to be almost nothing like the book because not a whole lot of this matches up at all yeah. other than like a couple names yeah and beacon heights yeah which is not even the same state mm-hmm. i wonder if it's supposed to be in washington in the show though I don't know. I guess we'll find out. It's in Oregon. No, I know the the show is being shot in Oregon. He the guy says, "What brings you to Oregon?" Oh, did you say Oregon? Okay, All yeah. Right, well, there you go. I guess that's probably for the best, not to pretend it's Washington yeah. for some reason. Yeah. There's some mention of a perfect secret in a title card here. The perfect cover. Well, the honestly, perfect lie. who is writing? They're watching in blood, and then wallpapering it over it in for Allie to find. Hell. Yeah. I think this is like in her new place. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to guess that she moves into like faculty housing or something is my guess. And then okay. she's like, oh, my God, like the weird shit went down. The person who lived here before me. Which is like maybe a whole secondary mm-hmm. like mystery. Or unless we're going to find out that no one was involved with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's like this surveillance angle they're watching and like the mom is watching Nolan Hotchkiss. But. Also, he's like this weird bully who's fucking everyone and blackmailing everyone. And then yeah. one is around with pie. He's, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, I don't want to, you know, dig on the show too hard right now. But like, I feel like the, the cool thing about PLL is like the concept was just it was right there. You know, mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. friends been missing for a year. They start getting notes. They think they're from the friend and the friend shows up dead and they still keep getting notes. Yeah, there's no there's no like like elevator pitch supremely delivered in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Like not even like the even the book has a, a more simpler pitch that you could throw at an audience. Yeah. But you're getting Mona and Allison and Pi and Knives and their roommates, which is a recipe. Are for they success. roommates? I'm assuming. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. That's I mean, why she's there with a pie and a knife. I thought she was just um like housewarming? Like yeah, like housewarming. Surprise, bitch. Mm-hmm. Here's some pie and a knife. Good luck sleeping. <laughs> oh, it's like I wouldn't stay in this trashy faculty housing. I got a fucking penthouse downtown. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anything else you want to say about this trailer? No, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting to see a little bit more than the uh, the other trailer. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get into chapters one through eight, or I guess I should say the prologue and then chapters one through eight of oh, The Perfectionist. Let's just add real quick. So I guess Marlene finished writing episode two, which is called Sex, Lies, and Alibis, which is, hmm. that's very PLL. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds on brand, yeah. Yeah, so the, the book. Um, we should say, as long as we're mentioning like random news like that, there is like an interview that Sydney Park did recently about the show where seemingly she revealed almost nothing. I think they even asked her what her favorite liar was and she like didn't really answer the question for some reason. Yeah. Um, but she said her character is kind of a mix between Spencer and Emily, which sure. I think she's supposed to be the soccer one or at least she is in the book. Mm. I don't know if she'll be in the show. Like, will she do the soccer? Will she have the dead brother? Will she have the moms? Yeah. She has a mom who's running for some kind of office. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So the book just generally Here's my problem with the book. There's not a bad concept here. I don't know this is the best introduction to said concept. I think my my only real issue with the book so far is that it's a lot of names. It's a lot 
there's five main characters and Nolan, and they each have like a whole kind of posse of characters orbiting the ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. And with PLL, like there was four and you could, you could, you could keep track just enough as I felt like it was just the right number of like siblings versus non siblings. And some parents around some are, you know, and you kind of mm-hmm. keep it intact, you know, like Wayne's gone. So we don't have to worry about him right away. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, there's a lot of goddamn names when you start this book. That's like the one thing I, I found both the first time I read it, which by the way, I only read 75%. So I don't know how this ends. Um, and this time now it's just like, wow, I'm trying to, who the fuck are all these people? Right. I think I had gotten a little bit farther than where, where I reread to get for this episode. Uh, I made this comment based on like a tweet I saw about American Vandal, which was this seamless art of referring to the other people you go to high school with and like using their full names. And like, it feels very natural. Mm -hmm. It's like the anti version of that here. I mean, some of the names are just so interesting that I, I remember them. Because they're ridiculous, like Ursula Winters and Josh well, Friday. Some of, some of them are like Timothy Burgess. Yeah, yeah. And some of them have boring, normal names, and who's going to yeah. remember them? Yeah, especially uh, the main five. I feel like there's not, there's something about like your Caitlin and your Mackenzie and your Julie where you're like, wait, which one is which? Which yeah. one's the hot one and which one's the soccer one? Is yeah. the soccer one the hot one too? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, we should say, spoiler alert uh, for the book. Or we've been doing yeah. chapters prologue and chapters one through eight here. We will eventually get through the whole book. I am pretty confident that this book is going to be almost nothing like the show. So I don't think anyone's really going to get anything spoiled for them show wise is kind of my impression here. So you're probably asking yourself, what the fuck are we doing here? The answer is killing time. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, but like I- that name thing aside, I don't know that this is the most challenging read. That's, oh, no. I, I think that's a nice way to put it. In some ways, I find it easier to read than the PLL books because the PLL books hit me with so many brands that I, I didn't know about. And so I was like, it was just kind of like this word salad washing over me because I didn't know about all like the, the fancy brands that, that uh, Sarah Shepard is mentioning. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. here, I feel like I, I'm more seeped into the world and it makes more sense to me. I'm just having tr- trouble keeping track of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, so I'm going to be reading this. I decided under the assumption, I don't know if this is true or not, because I don't know how the book ends, but I'm reading this under the assumption that Parker is the villain. So that's, yes. that's how I decided to approach it. Um, I'm glad you said that because there's something fucking weird happening with Julian Parker, right? I, I thought it would fucking be f- weird. I thought it would be fun to approach it that way. We could be totally wrong. Uh, like I said, I don't know how it ends, but that's how that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for hints that Parker could have something going on, little hints between her and Julie and um, just red herrings, too. You know, like. I feel I'm, I'm glad you brought this up to start because I feel like Sarah Shepard's doing a bit of a thing here. Like, I think I read like two chapters of the first PLL book. So her writing style feels very similar to me. I my only criticism the horizon style is I think she could go deeper. Like, I think she's touching on some issues and psychologically she could probe these a little bit better. But half the time I'm reading some of these like group chapters and I'm like, is Parker a Tyler Durden? Because like <laughs> nobody else is talking to her. Like everything she said is like so meaningless and the person moves on to the next thing. It's only Julie seemingly interacts with her and thinks about her nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's, you want to talk about the characters and try to get a sense of who they are? 
Yeah, and I, I should say up front, I'm I'm really trying not to be too hypercritical. I'm in like a I'm not in like a good like intellectual place to be reading a book right now because I've been like doing hardcore editing of Trouble for a month. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to like take a step back and read it for what it is rather than like nitpicking every little sentence. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm not in a good emotional place. So mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. here to have fun and not think about my life. By the by, if there are any uh, literary agents out there listening. They're, they're looking for that new sound in the YA genre. Hit me up. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. So there's Ava Jalali, who's beautiful, conniving, super smart. She gets amazing grades. Her mother's killed by a drunk driver. Now her father's married to... It's not brought up in these chapters, but I seem to remember she's like a terrible stepmother. Yeah, uh, I have a, a vague memory of that. Okay. Her, her whole thing is that like she she was like the super hot girl, but like now she wants to be smart too because she Also a model. Be. Yeah, she's done a little modeling, you know, like no big deal. We went to a girl in high school. We went to a girl. We went to, we went to high school mm-hmm. with a girl like this, except that she didn't ever get turn around and get really good grades. Um, Mackenzie Wright is a musical genius. She desperately wants to get into Juilliard. She's friends with Claire and has a not so secret crush on Claire's boyfriend Blake, the unfortunately Blake. named Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, guy's named Blake. What the hell? Uh, there's Caitlin Martell Lewis. She's athletic. She's a talented soccer player. Uh, she's adopted, has two adoptive moms. She dates Josh, Josh Friday. Josh Friday. What a name. Um, Kate, Caitlin and, had a little brother, Timothy. They're both uh, from Korea. Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Taylor. I'm going Timothy. I'm thinking of Timothy Burgess here. Yeah. He committed suicide seemingly because of the Nolan bullying Hotchkiss. of Nolan Hotchkiss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh Friday also has a brother named Jeremy, Jeremy Friday. <laughs> whatever. Josh and Jeremy uh, Friday. Yeah. I mean, whatever. We went to school with a guy named Chris Christmas. It happens. Um, this is the Sydney Park character plays Kate, Caitlin Martell Lewis in name only, I'm going to guess. Probably. If, if even uh, it might be Caitlin something else, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Julie is super popular. Julie is like also a hot girl. And, yeah, and very well liked by all like she's she's I guess like the true queen bee even though it's like Ava's the hot one it's like Julie's the hot one too but she's also like who would win like prom queen I'm guessing yeah I I guess like everyone <laughs> everyone loves one. her style like everyone wants to be her you know yeah one of them is not Cersei and the other is not Daenerys yeah um yeah she Let's say she's she's best friends with Parker, mm-hmm. the girl Parker. who's abused by her father after a wild night in which Nolan gave her some oxy, and she has facial scars and will eventually see a psychiatrist. Um, she is an enigma wrapped in a hoodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to love this character, but I don't. Right in the prologue, something stood out to me, and maybe this is just a turn of speech. There's like this kind of metaphor about. Uh, you know, letting off steam, steam can scowl just as badly as an open flame and someone's about to get burned. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's some going to be some something to do with burning and Parker. She has scars, we're told. We don't really know exactly what they're from. Her father did something horrible to her, but we don't know exactly what. So I wonder if she was like burned in some way. Yeah. Parker used to be the hottest girl in school and like Julie was just like her like sidekick. But then Julie became the new hottest girl in school. Sorry for the noise. I'm pouring myself an Alex Drake. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, so jiving into the book, it starts with an epigraph of all things of Agatha Christie, which, wow, in the midst of life, we are in death from, and then there were none. Mm-hmm. Um, so lofty, <laughs> lofty beginning. Oh, back to the hotness of the girls. I feel like if a guy wrote this, you would get like five instances of she was hot but didn't know it. <laughs> Well, there is a, we'll, we'll get to it. I think it's Blake does a little of that. Like you don't know how beautiful you are. Yeah. Mm. Blake, she knows. Uh, so the prologue, we find out that Nolan Hotchkiss has crazy parties. He lives in a faux Italian villa with fountains and balconies and crystal chandeliers and shit. Uh, all the girls are introduced individually and they have many sections that end up with some kind of oblique declarative about how they're going to dun, dun, dun. Fuck up Nolan Hotchkiss's world. It's going to get what he deserves. She thought darkly. Yeah, she thought darkly. Uh, Caitlin, again, is dating a dude named Josh Friday. Josh Friday has a dude named Asher, who's one of his bros. Asher. Do not have, do not have a dude named Asher. Do not, don't do that. Don't do a, that. We also have an Ashley and a Nissa and a Natalie and an Ursula. I like Ursula. Ursula, Ursula is my, uh, she's my little dark horse. I am just rooting for Ursula to sit on the Iron Throne at the end of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's Julie She's Redding. The brawn. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pregnant, the bitch. <laughs> you fight about honor, Ursula Winters. She did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie Redding's at the party. She's apparently popular as shit. She's the kind of girl that other girls seemingly go out of their way to walk up to and compliment her designer dress and her jewelry and her white teeth. Have you ever complimented someone's teeth in high school? No. Like, no. I mean, I guess this is just a different high school than the one we went to. Everyone's rich. Everyone's trying to be perfect, a.k.a. the perfectionist. Uh, Are there any, like, C students that go to this high school? Seriously. Because they're not a curve. Everyone is perfect, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the uh, line from the one movie? You wouldn't know it, but we're all professional dancers here. <laughs> um, like, I'm a ball of insecurities in my 30s. In high school, it was so much worse. Like, stay the fuck out of my mouth. <laughs> I don't need your eyeballs there. Well, let me let me hit you with uh, our, our first introduction of Parker here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, Parker makes an appearance, and we're getting some Julie's perspective. And Julie tried not to gasp. But it was so rare that Parker allowed anyone to see her face. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like, because she's like, has this like crazy wide grin spreading across her cheeks, illuminating her scars. Like, right from the beginning, I'm like, hmm. Teenage, teenage girl, Heath Ledger, Joker. Yeah. Like, but no one else is there. No one else sees this. Only Julie. I can't remember. There, there might be an instance later. We'll have to keep track of that where like somebody acknowledges her. Here's what I want I want one fucking like, Parker handed the thing to Ava. That's mm-hmm. what I want. You, you, it never shows up in these 80 chapters. Well, to so, me, what, what I was focusing on with Parker is I feel like what has happened to her is probably more severe, even than what Caitlin, you know, she like Caitlin blames Nolan for her brother's suicide. Mm-hmm. But that's not like physical deformity, you know, right. um, and like chronic, you know, lifelong injuries and migraines or something. Also, K- Parker gets lots of like weird migraines. Where it's like mm-hmm. she starts to black out or like she can't remember things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. On one hand, though, I had to wonder, is she just like a lightning rod for like red herrings? Could be. Because she's so like over the top. There's so much. I'm waving my arms emphatically. So much going on here, you guys. Well, I mean, the, the first time I read the first 75 percent of this, I was not really on to Parker at all. It was only on this reread that I started thinking about it. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm. 
So Ava, we meet her in the kitchen. She's eating a carrot. What's up, Doc? Uh, she's the kind of girl who hates seeing cross-sections of the interior of the human body in biology class because she hates thinking that she's that messy inside, which, like, same girl, same. Uh, also, her boyfriend isn't super rich, but he makes her laugh. So um, then there's Mackenzie who shows up with character detail oh, wait, who's Mackenzie? Ava dating, like, Alex or something? Alex. Yeah, Alex I feel like we haven't gotten much on that guy in these chapters. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's, he exists, and that's it. Yeah, he's not he's not rich, but he's maybe he's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Mackenzie who shows up. The character detail about Mackenzie: toe rings. Uh, then there's Claire. Claire dates guys named Blake. Uh, she's playing handsy with this dude she likes. She says something to the effect of, "Hey, watch the digits. They're my ticket to Juilliard." So that's a thing. Claire and Mackenzie are both cellists who are competing for a spot at Juilliard, and also mm-hmm. best friends. And also Mackenzie had a crush on Claire's boyfriend, but then they got together and it's, it's drama. It's a real, uh, uh, Laura Jean, like, like Jen mm-hmm. thing from to all the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Where, remind me of that. Yeah. Cause Mackenzie was just like, or not, is it Mackenzie? No, fuck. That's going to bother me. <laughs> oh yeah. Mackenzie's mm-hmm. Mackenzie's just like, I am really into this dude. And like, uh, Claire's like, awesome. I'm going to go make out with him. Yeah. Are you getting mixed up between Caitlin and Claire yet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. This is why I took so many notes. Um. So after midnight, the the well, party is pretty. Let's turned. make a note about that because we we get some timeline stuff here that I'm trying to keep track of. This may be futile, but mm-hmm. uh, shortly after midnight is when these party pics are posted online. This was we're, we'll find out later done from an internet cafe. So whatever mm-hmm. they did to him was probably between eleven to midnight, probably more towards the eleven side. I'm guessing at at the latest. I. We'll put it on the whiteboard. I really hope that, that comes to something. I really hope that we're like it's going to be fruitful yeah. to go to the details. Well, and also, uh, it says several hours for several hours. The house is still seemingly like it's almost dawn by the time uh, some junior named Miro runs down the stairs and is screaming about what happened. Yeah. So examples of how turned the party is: there's wine bottles in the pool, and there's raccoons digging through the trash, and also Nolan Hotchkiss is dead. It's a whole uh, lot. The whole this whole prologue is like all these girls introduce. Oh, man, we're going to do this. Yeah, let's do this. And then like mm-hmm. several hours later, Nolan Hotchkiss is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, pictures appeared. First pictures appear of him online. He's passed out. He has like mean things written on his face and Sharpie. And then for several hours, there's, you know, nobody notices. Eventually, some kid notices he's actually dead and not just passed out. Yeah. Theories are that he partied too hard or maybe chose to end his own maybe existence by partying too to hard. Yeah, uh, five rumors. girls. Five girls are worried. They're relieved that no one saw them go upstairs to fuck up no one's world, but somebody did. Dead on arrival. Um, and then it's five days later. And that's Beacon was notoriously hard on its offspring, after all, and maybe even Golden Point Nolan Hotchkiss have felt the heat. Uh, we get the this little kind of like one sentence each on like what each of the girls did when they heard the news. Yeah. Um, the interesting one is Parker here, obviously. Uh, she went to the dock and stared at the water, her face hidden under her hoodie. Her head pounded with an oncoming migraine. Okay. It's like Caitlin, who's wanted him dead for so long, couldn't help feeling sorry for his family. Max stared into space, burst into tears. Yeah. Ava picked up the phone three times. We're talking herself down. You know, I don't know. It's like Parker just went to the dock and stared at the water. That's That's usually where my crime hangover takes me. <laughs> Well, then I don't know if this is a red herring or what. Like, if this, it's going to be like old Mr. So and so, I'm going to be a little annoyed because this last line at the end is like, the problem though was that someone had seen, someone knew what they'd done that night, and so much more. 
and someone is going to make them pay. I kind of feel like it should be one of the five. Maybe it won't be, but I have to wonder. I so okay. I all I knew was the elevator pitch to this book. And I knew it was two books, and I was kind of surprised by that because I thought, "You're Sarah Shepard. Why don't you like this is my next big juggernaut. This is yeah, my next yeah. P, big PLL." But also, aren't you going to take the notes from the PLL experience and like bring that in? Like you know, if like mm-hmm. your biggest regret, as stated in multiple interviews, is like, "Gosh darn it, I wish I hadn't killed off the Toby character. Or I wish mm-hmm. I had a Caleb." Or everyone was clamoring for one of the girls to be like the killer. You're goddamn you, right. It, yeah, but like. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm just, I, I'm so curious. Why is it only two books? Like, whatever. Um, so chapter one, Thursday morning, Parker's at school. She's just hating on life. Uh, she's doing that thing that the outcast does to their fellow classmates where like none of this really matters. Um, we get the line, uh, that would seem crazy, even for her. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Um, we found out that an it happened a year ago and Parker rose up from the ashes with a hoodie to hide her facial scars. She doesn't even check Facebook anymore. You guys, this is serious. Oh, let me, let me hit you some of the dialogue here. It says, uh, that last night when he slipped Oxycontin into her drink without telling her afterward, he'd said, isn't it amazing? No charge. My gift to you. They'd been friends for years, but after that night, he'd never spoken to her again. So I read that as he date raped her. Mm. unless it's implying something else like he slipped something into her drink after afterward quote-unquote afterward he said isn't it amazing and then he doesn't talk to her again or wild alternate theory she's dead and is what like a ghost i don't know i don't know what the fuck's going on okay. here something's fishy sarah's well, doing a thing okay she she's said doing a thing. she says and then like a little bit later if he hadn't given her those pills things would be different now she would be her old self, undamaged, beautiful, full of life, life, present, perfect. So uh, this to me makes it seem like she's got more of an axe to grind than anyone else. But we shall see. Was she single? Parker? I'm just kidding. Uh, so talks to Julie. Julie says, I've been texting you for days. Were you sick? And Parker says, sick of life. I want to love Parker so much. I really do. <laughs> I feel like we um, never entirely get inside her headspace, even when we are. That's the problem with all of these girls, though. We never really get in their headspace. I almost want to say, take it down to four because that's manageable. Yeah. And even okay, so the book that they're that they're referencing so much, and then there were none. When you read that the first time, it's a fantastic premise. It's a very like shallow characterization of 10 characters. But you're mostly into like, it's like Vera and the other dude, right? But as you read that more, there is so much between the lines of what Agatha is saying about like Vera, for example, Mm -hmm. and like whatever the fuck is going on of Hugo and all of that shit. Um, And I kind of wanted a little bit more. I I wanted her to challenge the reader a little bit more here because it's a very murky place. It could be a lot of fun. Uh, so there's a memorial for Nolan at the school. It's going to also be an anti-bullying assembly. Uh, Nolan Hotchkiss was a lax bro, and I think Sarah Shepard only writes about high schools that feature lacrosse as a sport, which mm-hmm. so glad we didn't have to deal with that uh, in California. Uh, Parker used to go on wild rides with Nolan and once polished off a whole bottle, bottle of vodka with him. There's also a secret patch of trees at the school where they would smoke cigarettes together. Oh, can we talk about Mr. Sure. Granger? Yeah, please. Quoting here. Granger was one of those cool, good-looking young teachers who always knew about current music, looked the other way when kids texted in class. 
and talked about a semester abroad in Paris when he drunk absinthe and made out with a burlesque dancer. This guy sucks. I mean, we yeah. definitely had this guy in high school. You know who I'm oh, talking I, about. I went to two different high schools and I had yeah. like these guys. But yeah, we had one in particular. Like Ezra 2.0 here. Yeah. Um, so he's the, he's, the pop, he's the film teacher, right? Yeah. Which... Okay. Is that a real thing? I don't know. High Wasn't school my film school. teacher? That's cushy as fuck. You, you do not mess that up, buddy. You do not fuck your students because yeah. that's a ridiculous unicorn job. Um, so Parker has a panic attack. Julie's there to help her and friend shame her into going to see a therapist. Uh, Julie's in fucking love with Parker. Um, we find out that apparently Nolan once really looked at Parker for the first time since her accident the night of his death. And his reaction was, I always knew you were a crazy bitch. <laughs> That's wild. Um, I'll ask line in the chapter here, or maybe a small voice in the back of her head said what she did to Nolan proved that she was really, she really was broken beyond repair. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. She, she is so in love of her pain. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, also, Mr. Granger started a black and white photography club, which man, what an asshole. The, like all the girls in school joined. Yeah. Yeah. Swoon. Um, yeah. So Dark he's going to smoke. If if and I were Parker, a high school teacher, I would stay the fuck out of dark rooms with my students. Oh hell yeah! The uh the when I was in yearbook in in Virginia, it's like they had the dark room. It was um it was yeah. it was a site of much controversy, <laughs> consternation for that teacher, um who spent all of her time talking about how she used to work for the Washington Post. <laughs> I want to talk about Caitlin here, who's like the soccer one. Um, mm-hmm. She's like had this ankle injury, high ankle sprain. She's getting over it. Says so she powered through it with physical therapy and the occasional hit of OxyContin. Where are these kids getting all these fucking drugs constantly? That's what I want to know. I guess maybe yeah. this was written before. It's probably a little before the whole thing where they're like, hey, maybe we should stop prescribing that to everyone constantly. The opioid crisis. Yeah. I'm glad you're here to weigh in on this. This is chapter two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin's on the soccer team. Um, they're facing off against the boys team. It's like uh, a Caitlin's, scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Caitlin's f- coaching because her ankles fucked up. Uh, the oxy, like you mentioned, which is the same thing that Nolan Hotchkiss OD'd on. Dun, dun, dun. Also the coaches. Well, maybe the teams are we, we're assuming that right now, but they say that she says that or it said it in the text somewhere. Not yet. No, I think so. In chapter two, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out they gave him one and they're like, that wouldn't be enough to kill him. So like, I don't, it's so far. We don't know how exactly he died. Right. Um, their actual antics towards him, not far enough, ladies. Like, I'm not advising pranking or whatever, but like, for the level of vengeance you're looking to extract, like, you could take us farther. Uh, one of the girls on the team is called Vanessa the Viking. There's, of course, the aforementioned Ursula Winters, who could be awesome. Caitlin's been dating Josh Friday forever. She has two moms. They adopted her from Korea. They went back, adopted her brother. I'm not sure if it's her biological brother or not, but his name's Taylor. I think it is. I guess it's unclear. It's unclear. But yeah. Uh, The Fridays and the Martell Lewises have been close forever. They do board game nights together. They take vacations together. This is creepy because it's like you're dating your other brother. Let me hit you with this paragraph here. It says, and now Caitlin and Josh are both being courted by UW's as University of Washington's respective soccer coaches which meant the Martel Lewis Friday love fest could continue into college. And then if everything went according to plan, they would graduate, get married and have Martel Lewis Friday babies. Like just having your whole life that like kind of on track from high school. That sounds terrifying. And I can't tell if they're 16 or 17. I think they're seniors. So yeah, I think think everyone's a senior here. 
having my life planned out at 17, I'd rather chop my cock off. Um, Caitlin's brother's dead. Uh, that dread scoundrel, Nolan Hotchkiss, is to blame. Ursula at one point says, let's kick some balls, ladies. Ursula, by the way, we find out that uh, Caitlin has heard that Nolan jilted Ursula last year. So it's, uh, you know, for our, for our dark horse Ursula here, she's got some. Remember some, that. She's got her own axe grind. Yeah. Because Ursula will have some things to say. I I predict that like if Ursula becomes a character who's done pseudo justice from the book in the show, she'll become like a favorite of Jacob Clifton. Oh, for sure. and me. Well, let me uh, let me talk about. I mean, this chapter is like it's like a scrimmage, and like Ursula like steals a ball from her, and so Caitlin trips her. How'd you feel about that? Do you feel like Caitlin's in the right? Uh, no, it's very murky. Because Ursula does some shit, Caitlin kind of responds, and the coach is just like, "You're out of here, Caitlin." I gotta yeah. say, I'm, I'm on Caitlin's side for this. Yeah, I mean, it's, this chick's it's trying to show her up and steal the ball. She's got to be showing who's boss. Yeah, your own teammate shouldn't steal the bar, ball from you. You got to trip her up. So, especially if your enemy is the fuckboys of the boys' soccer team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Caitlin gets kicked out of the game because of Ursula. So she has Joss drive her to the cemetery to visit her brother's grave. Um, once they get there, Josh fakes needing to take a phone call to like not accompany her to the grave. Well, we get this line. Uh, it, it seemed as if Josh's face fell for the briefest second when she mentions going to the cemetery, which I don't know if I'm that mad at him for this. Like, it seems like Caitlin constantly wants to go to the cemetery. Kind of a drag. Sorry, you cut out there. Sorry, I was saying that it seems like Caitlin just constantly wants to go to the cemetery. Yeah, yeah. kind of a drag. Yeah, I mean, here's when I want to go to the cemetery. When it's October and I'm horny. Um, the rest of the time, not so much. So also, the it seemingly it all went bad for the brother when he got to high school, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I feel like that the the awfulness would have started when he hit junior high. Like junior high yeah. is the worst time of your life. Junior high. If you make it to ninth grade, you I feel like you're you're gonna make it. Well. There's no there's no growth in junior high. It's it's, it's a just stagnated yeah. prison of awkwardness. It's ninth grade. Yeah, if you have a shot, you have a shot in in ninth grade. I totally agree with you. Or at least by tenth grade, because my mm. ninth grade was kind of a I don't know it was a weird experience. But by tenth grade, it was better. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not that mad at Josh here. She's mad at Josh. She thinks Josh is like faking a phone call so he doesn't have to go to the cemetery with her. Well, the thing is, they're just not communicating about their weirdness. That's because um, obviously they like they were only dating because like their parents are such good friends. Like this yeah. relationship was probably over like a year ago. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, also, I'm sure Josh is not super turned on about hearing about you know their future. Yeah. And in the, in the, in the like the the way that I'm sure she's detailing it out at 17. It's like, come on, girl. What, how did Buffy put it? Like, uh, you're still baking. Mm-hmm. You're still dough in the oven. Um, so Caitlin talks to the grave. We find out that uh, Taylor ended his own life, left a very dramatic note, which listed a lot of Nolan Hotchkiss's bullying sins. And a whole diary. Yeah. Including he put a bag of dog poop in the kid's locker, which is tame. He put the kid's gym clothes in the toilet and the kid wore That's them. That's not tame. That's fucked then up. He, but then he complained that they smell like bleach and... Buddy, that's the best possible outcome. Why did you put them on? I mean, I guess you'd have to. But yeah, no, I don't know. No, no, no power in the verse would make me then put them on. I'd be like, fuck it, teacher. Whatever you're going to do to me. I'm on the bleachers today. Um, someone wrote a note to the hottest girl in bio and signed Taylor's name to it. So basically, I mean, for a freshman, that's pretty mortifying. 
but book wise, I feel like Nolan Hotchkiss is subpar. Alison De Laurentiis and Taylor was kind of a sort of his pigskin, mm. right? Uh, not exactly. I mean, I, there was there was more of a psycho psychosexual thing going on. I think between Allie and Paige. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's happening here with uh, Taylor and Nolan, or maybe I'm prescribing a little too much of uh, TV ta- or TV Nolan. Mm-hmm. Because I don't really know who who Book Nolan is, and no one else, none of these people do to either. Like he's just the boogeyman to them. He's just like this horrible human being. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no concept w- remotely within them, and I get it because they're being victimized by him. But there's no concept of like who this entity is that is terrorizing. Well, he's them. he's not like a frenemy like Allison, where no, like no, yeah. they were all like hoping to please her and you know win her favor. He's well, just they, like this monster. Well, and there's no real setup for like why the rest of the power elite, why the system protects him per se. Mm-hmm. Presumably it's money and power, but I don't, I don't even know. So Jeremy Friday, the brother of Josh shows up. He brings Dragon Ball Z figurines to uh, the grave and Louis flowers. Jeremy. Get out of here. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's. Let, let, me, let me hit you the Jeremy line. You know, it's okay to say you like anime. The stories are amazing. Way better than American cartoons. Uh. I will never forget. That one year that I lived with our friend Anthony, and he was just all about like 1130 at night. They start playing like four hours of Dragon Ball Z episodes. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of episodes at night. And I realized because it took four hours of an episode for a single thing to happen. He's just fucking powering up the whole time. Yeah, he's just it's just two guys. One of my roommates in the air, orgasming like their strength before they ever throw a punch. One of my roommates in college would watch that show. And it just seemed like the dumbest fucking thing in the world to me. Don't at me. Yeah, I don't want to hear it, people. I, Jer- don't, I mean, I, I only want to eavesdrop other people being explained to it. I'm yeah. sorry, continue. Jeremy, he he seems to have had his eye on uh, Caitlin here because he says, are you supposed to be at soccer right now? Like, he knows her schedule. Yeah, he knows her schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to talk over you. I'm sorry. Am I doing that? No, it's fine. I'm trying to be better. Um, So clearly, Jeremy and Caitlin are the real love story. At some point, she's going to do this guy like a crossword puzzle. Oh, they he like uh, she finally gets to like open up to him about the brother because he was friends with the brother too, and then they, yeah. they embrace, and it's uh, it's but what she needed. You brought up a good point. The Josh relationship is probably over a year ago. Realistically, is the Jeremy relationship just going to be about Taylor? Yeah, that's that's the thing. There, come on, Caitlin. He's be talking about Taylor the whole time. You're trading one pattern for another. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. Well, it's chat- not healthy. Who's chapter three about here? Is it Mackenzie? Mackenzie. Yeah. Claire Coldwell, her best friend. Mackenzie, cellist. Uh, so what do we see? The, we get oh. a mention that the principal had shown the pictures of Nolan's marked up face that Mac herself posted anonymously from an internet cafe. So Mac is the one who posted the pictures mm-hmm. from an internet cafe. So sometime before midnight, she had to leave the party to go post these pictures on an internet but they didn't- cafe. They didn't do the dirt until after midnight, right? No, no. They the pictures were posted shortly after midnight, so the okay. dirt was done by then. Because <laughs> she had what to leave these? the party to post these pictures from an internet cafe. I get the the value of an internet cafe. I don't know where the fuck I would find one because I live in the suburbs. But like, who is the person who volunteers for the overnight shift at the internet cafe? Because you were going to run into some creeps. It's like <laughs> Seattle. I mean. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Mackenzie's hanging out with Claire, like you said. They're both going to audition for Juilliard. They're going to a, a establishment called Cupcake Kingdom, which is where Blake works, which is not – that's not funny. It's not a pun. It's not 
I don't know if I want to go to Cupcake Kingdom. I think it's just a cupcake store. I don't think it's supposed to be a pun on anything. But I mean, I don't know. I can't think of a replacement, but dress it up a little bit. Mackenzie, we find out that, like, uh, you know, given everything that's happened the past year with, like, Claire still still in her crush, she's not even sure she wants to go to Juilliard, which I feel like her storyline feels a little bit like Caitlin's storyline and the fact that they've both been, like, made to do this thing in Mackenzie's case, cello, and Claire's case, soccer. For, the, for like their whole lives and it's like do they really want to do that anymore can i pause for one second to talk about the show sure like i i know that we're we're going into the perfectionist this i thought of this the other day in the shower mm-hmm. we're going to the perfectionist because i think about the show in the shower mm-hmm. um as opposed to my real life we're talking about like the emerson shit right and what they're going to do there and all that stuff the it's thing gonna, that was gonna so, be one line yeah but still, but that that's not going. They're not going to survive it though. Like they're still going to be haunted by the fans, right? <laughs> that one I mean, how much not- rage can you work up after like after the one line where it's like it didn't work out? Emily kept the kids, you know, and it's never mentioned again. Like I don't know how much they can sustain, but sure, go I, on. I don't believe that they that they will escape it because of the fact that unfortunately Marlene will still tweet things about like how happy Spoby is right now. <laughs> Like, you know, like they're not, they're not turning their back on it. So we're so happy. Um, what was so impressive to me about some of the flash forward stuff in PLL that I, I didn't expect was like Arya's testimony at the, the trial for, um, Charlotte, mm-hmm. like the fact that they didn't let go of the trauma, you know, like, like, like Arya still carried that around is still very real. And granted, I'm still thinking about that because of like the Kavanaugh stuff this week, but like, Allison and um, and Rickroll, like, wouldn't that shit still bother her? Like, like, wouldn't that still affect her future relationships? I don't think just because she's with Emily and she has two kids, it's like she would it affect her healthy. more or less the fact that her mother buried her alive. Right, she's a whole and that she then later found her issues. mother buried in the, the garden. Like it's not, it's not all made one hundred percent better because she put on like a pugly sweater. I, I just and think, like proposed. I just think both Mona and Allie, by the time they get to Beacon Heights, are just such salty vets that like it just rolls out their backs. They're just like, oh great, new murder, cool. <laughs> I mean, I want like a Mona, like I want Mona to ape Emily. Maybe, maybe that could be the connection between Mona and Allison. Is that Mona might have been like, I don't know if you heard, but I totally killed a girl. <laughs> I was um, like, yeah, I was held prisoner in like a, a weird like dungeon cage for months. Then I held two women prisoner <laughs> and uh, that really set me on the right path. The boyfriend here, Max boyfriend, Blake Strusick, the reason for Claire and Max friend Mageddon. Uh, friend Mageddon. They're in a band, Mac is with Blake called Black Lodge. I feel like you'd like that. It's got to be a that's a yeah, it's twin fixing, right? It's But I mean. What the fuck? Like, follow that up. Talk I'm kind about of into it. this like, band. Like, it's it, all like uh, classical instruments. Like, no, uh, like, it seems like a rock like band. Lichica? It seems like a rock band, but she plays a cello for them. Well, he plays some kind of stringed instrument too. He's they gotta have a guitar in there, don't they? Or at least like a synth. I, I haven't know. heard of one. I haven't. I don't know one. if they say what he plays. He he was like a musical genius, but he dropped out of orchestra. I feel like he's playing guitar. This dude feels like a guitar player to me. Thought they said he plays violin in the band. Yeah, but they're, they're doing playing like, violin. He's playing violin in this chapter with her. 
they're doing like a bunch of covers and shit though. Yeah, yeah. It's like apocalyptic. It's like it's like instrumental doing Coldplay and Mumford and Songs, even oh. a Beyonce arrangement. Okay, they say arrangement, so I guess it's like just a weird musical thing. Well, it's the yeah, they, they need to find weird. themselves a, a Shirley Manson to front that group. Mm. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of garbage lately. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So Claire's dating Blake. She can have him. He's a lame lamo. Uh, Blake Claire has a sister named known better. Yeah, Blake has a sister named Marion, who is obsessed with pink. Pink the color. She even has pink strings in her hair. Familiar. Marion uh, just runs a cupcake shop. I don't think Marion's that that important to the. I don't know what's happening. I'm drinking and I'm getting agitated for some reason. Uh, what kind? Of, I, this band is wild. Like this band should be called Ominous Cello. Yeah. So like you said, they do covers of Coldplay, Mumford and Sons, Beyonce. The rest are songs that are written by Blake. Of course they are. Well, what does that mean if it's all instrumental? They're just like, I mean, it's one thing to like hear like an instrumental cover of like Yellow or something, but it's just like, and now he's, they're just going to do their own thing for a while. And you're just sitting there like trying to figure out what the song is and you, you won't get it because it's this dude's own song. You know what I've literally never seen in my life now that I think about? I've never seen a person play violin while singing. Is that possible? I'm sure it is. I mean, people play other instruments. I'm sure they can do violin. It might be a little awkward because of the way you're doing the, the head tilt thing. but Yeah, because you make like a very weird violin face. It's kind of like your your guitar I mean, solo you face. Your, your... You see your guitar O face, too. What, what did Anthony say? It's like uh, uh, when, a, when a bartender mixes a drink, it's like you see their O face. I think it's when... Um... When you're opening a jar, wasn't that what's or when you're shaking the shaker? No, because okay, so with Anthony, the joke. Okay, this is Anthony's joke. getting a lot of play in here. Yeah, we yeah we are. We're not gonna make that joke because it's stupid. Um, <laughs> so this chapter, while she's playing, Mackenzie flashes back to the inventory of how Nolan Hotchkiss fucked up her life. He basically seduced her, got her to take racy pictures for him. Then Blake does the "Do you know how beautiful you are when you play?" thing in the present day. He kisses her. His girlfriend calls. The girlfriend has a ringtone, which is a Feist song, which, yeah. okay. Oh, I, um, I have a lot to talk about, but continue, and then we'll, we'll go back. Oh, anyways, basically, Mackenzie liked it, but she's going to feel weird about it. Go. Yeah. Um, so the parents of Mackenzie, uh, mom plays flute in the Seattle Symphony. Dad's a professional piano accompanist. He'd worked with Yo-Yo Ma, among other people. <laughs> it kind of, and they like, they basically sat her down when she was four and were like, pick the instrument you're going to play. And it kind of seems like she's getting to that point where she's like, wait a minute, I don't even like playing instruments, you know? I mean, I guess she kind of does, like she gets into it when she's playing the music and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about the parents doing that to her. Um, yeah, so, yeah. The, so her, Mackenzie's thing with Nolan, Nolan got her to send some kind of like almost nude photos, it sounds like, like naked enough, and then like suddenly turned around and is like, haha, you just won me a bet. And he literally throws money at her. Like he, he throws a wad of bills at her, which Damn. man, I, I, I'm like, she's like too shocked to react. I'm amazed she didn't just like throttle him right there. Yeah. Beat him to death with her own cello. Mm-hmm. It would be fully justified. What, uh, what vice song do you think this is? It's Claire's favorite song. I, I challenge you and our listener to name me five vice songs. Oh, how dare you? Um, can you name five? I can probably do a few. I mean, one, two, three, four, obviously. Um, see, I'm drawing a blank now. I know there's one called It's Cool to Love Your Family. There's Mushaboom. There mm-hmm. is... You're doing good. You're doing real good. I'm drawing a blank on the titles of the albums. I have three of her albums, but I can't think of any else right now. 
I, I will help you out. Mm-hmm. With my favorite fight song is called Undiscovered First. Mm. What is the... Oh, 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 here we go. I'll give you another cheat. You want another cheat? Sure. Lover spit. Uh, that's not a fight song. Well, still. Mm-hmm. Anywho. <laughs> My moon, my man. That's the one I could. There you think go. Of. That's not bad. Yeah, you did really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be one, two, three, four for the song here. Oh, and Brandy Alexander. Why didn't I remember that one? Is that a song or a drink? That's or a both? well, yes. Um, or a character, a mysterious character from a Chuck Palahniuk novel. But what else could be her favorite Vice song that you'd use it as a ringtone? I. It's got to be one, know. two, three, four. There's a couple of these pop culture details. Where I really want to like just sit down with Sarah Shepard and be like, I need more because you're throwing something out there and I am a nerd and I have questions. Like, what is the Feist song? I really want to know which version of And Then There, none, there Were None that they're watching. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, the it's the, I'm pretty sure it's the one we're all familiar with, the, the black and white one from the 40s. There's two black and white ones. But I, I think it's the more well-known one. Which is which one? The one where it's like a happy ending at the end. Okay, so all of the movies have the happy ending, except no, for the don't. miniseries. Yeah, they all have really? the ending from the play. Yes. Huh, okay. <laughs> this is why I'm curious. By the way, uh, that's what I say. That's not what I mean. Maybe it's that one. The Feist song, that is. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's My Moon, My Man. Though why would he have that as the ring? Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's true. These fucking high school kids. Anyway, chapter four. Ava. Speaking of, and then there were none. So we're in film class, Mr. Granger, who's only one year out of college. He's five years older than his students. I don't like the fact that this guy's named Mr. Granger. I feel like there's a Hermione connection there, and I just it makes me angry. Because Hermione would, would not, she would not suffer this dude at all. That's a good point. That's a fair point. Uh, he's teaching morality and ethics and crime film, which is not a high school class ever, ever. Um, well, check which out. Me, which, which I want to ask you. What films would you put on this curriculum? Uh, man, I don't know. It's a high school film class. I feel like you don't want to get too cute here. There's you don't. There's no deep cuts needed. You just do the classics. I, I okay. don't know if uh, and then there were none would be one of them. But uh, yeah, that definitely would not. But like, yeah. I can only think of two off the top of my head. Uh, Citizen Kane. Actually, even no. even that, I feel like it's not high schools might not really appreciate. But it. I mean, when I think of, uh, I guess. Well, but no, morality and ethics in crime film? I don't think of Citizen Kane. Well, it's an advanced film class. This is just like the chapter they're on or something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyways. My answer me... was Double Indemnity and Diabolique. You can't do Diabolique in high school. <laughs> Again, I was astonished when a simple favor when they when they meant reference that. I'm sorry. Continue. Well, let me hit you with uh, the way Ava thinks about herself here. Under the glitzy, glamorous surface of the simplest popcorn film, there are often hidden depths of meaning. Just like with her, she thought. <laughs> oh, Ava. Uh, Ava might be us if we were glitzy and glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, we find out she's half Iranian, half Irish, striking almond-shaped eyes. Long-limbed figure with impressive curves. Then her mom died, hit by a drunk driver one night on the way home from campus. So her mom was like oh. a professor or something? Topics covered in the advanced film studies class include <clears throat> representation of women in early monster films, mm-hmm. World War II era Bugs Bunny cartoons as America propaganda. That's not film. Sure isn't. Identity and trauma in psychological thrillers. Mm. Mm. Maybe not I, in high school. 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like some of this is, uh, I don't know, maybe you're try- just trying to go broad, I guess. Yeah, so I made a stupid joke, but I guess I guess in the text, it's uh, thrown away here that she was gorgeous and she knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Ava was a model until her mother died, and then she discovered that she loved studying and doing her homework. Um, I love the way the modeling is tossed off. Like, oh, she'd even done some modeling, you know, just it wasn't a big deal. Which is, I find to be for a high school girl who maybe this didn't happen during her senior year, like maybe it happened prior to that, is potentially most likely extremely exploitive and gross. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. But so we find out that she wrote the word hate on Nolan's face the night he died. Apparently we're going to find out that the girls each wrote something. I don't scandalous believe we found out what uh, Parker wrote though. No, I don't think we do find out what Parker wrote because she's not real. Um, so she, Miss Jalali gets her paper back. She's got a C. Oh no. I like some of the, some of the notes, Mr. Granger left. What point are you trying to make? <laughs> this argument doesn't <laughs> hold up. She felt crushed. It's been so, oh. so long since she got a C. So she got an A-plus on her previous papers. So we find out two other films that were shown in this class. Psycho and Vertigo. Yeah. It's a lot of You're not showing Psycho in this class. I, I mean, I most of my film classes, I feel like we watch 10 classes in a quarter. But they, it feels like they're watching a lot of movies. But I mean, in high school, you're just not watching Vertigo. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. You hooked me in, Sarah Shepard. You showed vertigo. You got me. Okay? I like the way this God damn it. I like the way this chapter ends. If it hadn't been for those girls in that one conversation, everything would be different. She wouldn't have gotten a C. Oh, also Nolan wouldn't be dead. Yeah, yeah. The C <laughs> is the fucking tragedy here. I like Ava. She's gonna be our new Arya. Um unfortunately, with Mr. Granger, <laughs> which Granger, by the way, it, it feels very obvious that like he's intentionally giving her a bad grade to be like, Oh, maybe we're gonna need to earn some extra credit. Okay, you got 75%. Like, do they, uh, you know? Oh, it goes there, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm shocked. I am honestly shocked. Um, I mean, spoiler alert, he's immediately revealed to be a fucking monster, and it's it's not, like, romantic at all, but, yeah. Doesn't the same thing happen for Ezra in the books? Not exactly. But isn't Ezra gone at some point in the book? He takes off much quicker, yeah. Okay. Like, Arya's, like, dating, like, Noel Noel Khan. She also bites Ezra in the books into that um yeah so all the girls are going to have like throughout these various chapters that are about them individually they're going to have flashbacks to that night hers includes leading nolan upstairs you know he's um trying to do something with her he's all loopy on drugs whatever so chapter five do we find out what um what nolan did to ava i don't don't believe we do i don't recall yeah yeah maybe we'll get to it but i feel like so far we don't know exactly what he has done to warrant revenge. I mean, Which, I don't think he like he was the drunk driver who killed her mom or anything. So, no, no, but that would make her an attractive candidate to be the killer mm-hmm. if she knew it. Um, so, chapter five: Julie goes to a party. It's a different party. It's a present day party. It's another She's, crazy fucking party. She apparently is hiding a bunch of shit. She actually says um, everyone adored girls, her, and it was going to stay that way. Yeah, the girls at the school are so fucking enamored of Julie's style that they're always trying to like doppelgang bang her looks. If Julie um, wore gl- blue glitter nail polish on a Friday, by Monday, half the school would be wearing it too. Okay, so you know, half the school would be the women. So literally every girl goes out and buys blue nail polish because Julie did. I'm you skeptical. know what? That's psychotic. 
that's a real PowerPoint. I get that. But at the same time, Julie, you didn't need to prove that because for some reason people are coming up to you to compliment your white, white teeth. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's her power. Hair, right and her there. dresses. She has like a single white female, Ashley here, who's constantly mm-hmm. trying to copy her. Well, she's obsessed with Parker. Uh, ever since Parker had stopped being Parker, Nissa had become her second in command. But then that night happened with Parker, the night when keeping her secret nearly cost Parker her life. So <laughs> Julie's secret is that her mom is like mentally ill and like her father left them because of that and they had to move and like her house is like kind of like a gross mess, which is why she doesn't let anyone come over. Which is not a lot. What do you mean, uh, not a lot? Well, I mean, the house is a super gross mess. I'm sorry. The, re- the rest of the trauma, that's very serious and real. And I'm so sorry, Julie, even though I think you're bonkers with your friend Parker. Hmm. Like, you know, my house is a bit of a mess, but, you know, I, I do clean. Um, so apparently you can find photos online of Nolan dead from the party. Julie says the super suspicious thing to of how do you know he was dead when those photos were taken? No, I, I think it's a good point, though, because they don't know. The, the the photos you can find online, I believe, are the ones that they took and put online. Okay. From the internet cafe. Yeah. So confirmation that mean shit was written on Nolan. Uh, this guy named Carson Wells, which is not a real name, shows up. We're told that he's got the uh, skin the color of coffee. Still vague. He's from Australia, which is got the a accent. bad accent. Uh, it's the first party that Carson ever went to in Beacon Heights. Or the first party that Carson ever gone to at Beacon Heights was the Nolan Hotchkiss murder rager. This is his second party. Um, Can we talk about these parties for a moment? There's like this detail. A potted lily lay broken on the covered patio, and people had obviously walked through the spilled soil, tracking it into the house. Fuck that. If I was whoever this dude was who's throwing the party, I'd be like, get the fuck out of my house, you assholes. Mm -hmm. You can't wipe your fucking feet off. Mm -hmm. Uh. I think you and I both missed out on that special moment where we're like dealing with something in high school. And also our parents are gone for the weekend, so we were like, fuck it, let's throw a party. I'm not sure those exist. If they did exist, I was never invited. Yeah, I think everyone had that, more that whole party, That whole like high school party thing where it's like an all-night rager and it's like the house is trash the next day. I'm not sure if that happens in real well, life. Well, okay, so, so much like for our next headcanon after not the last one but the previous Venture Brothers episode, I have a lot of orgy questions for you. Okay. Let me ask you, how many high school parties did you actually attend? See, I don't even know if I'd call them parties. It was more like so-and-so's parents weren't there. And so like maybe six to eight people went over somewhere and just sat around. I was going to find it that at least eight or more people showed up. Yeah, I I don't know if I even went to one of those, really. Okay, because I went to... Not not like off-site, you know. I went to less than five, Mm -hmm. at least. (laughs) Uh, anyway, so like you said, Julie's got a fucked up family life. She has friends. She won't have a boyfriend. She's afraid to introduce him to her wacky mom. Uh, more weirdness in how she describes how close she is to Parker. After then, the Nolan thing, Parker seems more tor- tormented than ever. Bum, bum, oh. Bum. oh, boy. Uh, a girl with a lazy eye shows up to the party at one point. Also, Ursula Winters, who apparently has ham hock legs. Damn. Don't, don't say that about my girl, Ursula. Um it's totally normal having a conversation with a super sweet boy from Australia. And then Julia, Julie has a full on real flashback to the fateful day in class when she and her ladies decide to straight up maybe murder a dude. We haven't talked about that yet. So the girls apparently decided 
in film class while discussing the They all Agatha got put Christie together adaptation. for this group. They were not friends before this, except for Julian Parker. Right. So the movie and the discussion of the movie is what led them to concoct a plan to do some shit to Nolan Hotchkiss. Uh, Julie gives us a not amazing synopsis, um, and then there were none. She uh, manages to throw in that she's totally rooting for people's grisly ends throughout the movie. It's She mentions it's the I black and white I feel like that's version. a weird way to watch that movie. It's a very weird way to watch the movie. She says it's black and white. So basically, my point is, it's either the 1945 version or the 1965 version. The 1965 version is not great and pretty... I'm pretty. I'd be pretty flaccid on the idea of killing someone just based on seeing that. Which movie. is the one that they have? Like, there's a published version of the book that has pictures from the movie in. The, I don't know. Okay, I feel I like all the I feel like that's the one that they're talking about. Um, but let me let me back up just a little bit because I want to talk about this Carson guy. Yeah. Carson so Wells. Carson was at the party, the Nolan party, but uh, Julie didn't notice him. Could he perhaps be the one who who saw things? It would make them pay. Probably not, but you know, red, red herring alert. Um, also, Carson, uh, when asked about this, he says, I should have stuck to my planned evening of chamomile tea and Jane Austen novels. What the fuck, Carson? Come on. <laughs> Just try a little harder, man. Uh, real-time follow-ups. Uh, copyright 20, 2018. Uh, Norbert just posted a comment on Instagram about our last podcast episode where we break down the previous perfectionist trailer. Mm-hmm. Little does everyone know we're breaking it down the uh, upfronts one right now. Um, yeah. So Julia, Julie, I keep wanting to say Julia. Julie gets the. I gets do. The I want to say Julia too. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, also, man, I've had so much fun of autocorrect in the last few weeks, but like, especially in my notes here, it goes nuts. So Julie gets that. Caitlin hates Mrs. Brent. The reason is because it's of her brother's suicide. Um, Parker says something I wrote down that no one responds to. And Julie says something. Apparently, Nolan started rumors about Ava. I'm so sorry. I didn't know more about that. Yeah, let me find that. Yeah, I think I think the Ava thing might be. I'm sure we'll get to more of it in the next chapters is um, like she wouldn't date him. And so he like. Just like spread the rumor that she's a slut or something, you know, like a typical asshole guy thing to do. It's something like that. Um, some details about Julie here. Never had a boyfriend. She could get away with not telling her friend about her home life, but a boyfriend would be a different story. Yeah. But yeah, the way the way they're watching this movie is weirdly satisfying to watch each person get what he or she deserves. Could you even call it murder? That is just not how I view either the book and then there are none or the movies. No, like it's, it's like horrifying. It's like terror. You know, it's like, who's going to get it next? Oh shit. It's not like, I can't wait. The only, the only close I can get to that Avenue is, um, from pondering who the killer is and the logistics and even under pressure of, of, you know, the difference between like the map and the territory, how do you carry out your plan while still like logistically, like if I wanted to kill, I almost called you Ben Jamesio earlier. Mm. Um, if I want to kill, kill Ben Jamesio in the way I had planned before, like that's fitting for you. Like, how do I do that while everyone's hunting me, the killer? Mm-hmm. Like that's the closest I could get to, to this Avenue. I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, and then there were none was probably the first book I read that like legit scared me and like, oh, yeah. I didn't want to keep reading. 
I, I think I've told my story on one of our mm-hmm. podcasts before about reading that book. I won't repeat it. But yeah, like it scared the fuck well, out of me and I loved it. Their discussion about this movie is so bizarre. They're like, oh, it's about the rule of law and like how dangerous it is for judgment to come from vigilantes. <laughs> like that's such a weird take on and then there were none. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I just took the wrong film class. Yeah, seriously. What if Batman started murdering people on an <laughs> island? Um, yeah, but so but the point is Julie who is the most popular glamorous copied girl in school is having a full on like murder planning slash film criticism flashback while this dude is trying his best to chat her up at a yeah, party. Jane Austen, Camille T. Sure. Dude. Yeah. Uh, um, the party's we, ruined. We get there's some press. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so there's a press conference on TV. The cops have gotten back from the autopsy. There was signs of foul play. We find out there was actually Bethany young in the grave the whole time. <laughs> no, Who not the really. fuck is Bethany young. <laughs> Oh, we get some detail about Parker here in the flashback. Parker took a deep breath. I know it's kind of sick, she said, her voice low. But sometimes I think the judge was right. Some people deserve to be punished. Bum, bum, bum. I mean, I guess they're interacting with Parker there. Maybe. I don't know if that's a cheat or not. Um, we Does find she it- say the judge? What's that? Does she actually say the judge? Yeah, she says, I think the judge was right. Yeah. Way to spoil the book. I know. Um, um, we also find out uh, a little more about Parker. The whole school knew what Parker's dad had done to her that night. The evidence was all over her face for starters. Plus, he'd ended up in jail, which never happened in a place like Beacon. Yikes. Hmm. So Julie, Julie's beef with uh, Nolan is what he did to Parker. Seemingly. Yeah. It does not seem like there's something in particular Nolan has done to Julie personally. No. Yeah, if it hadn't been for him, maybe none of it would have happened. Parker would still be her old self. So that's her beef. Okay. So the, we find out the cops are out to get the someone or someones who killed Nolan Hotchkiss. Well, and I want to bring it back then to Caitlin has a line here about using cyanide. Difficult to detect. He'd be dead in minutes. I still am not sure yet whether or not he died of an overdose of OxyContin or not. Or if it could perhaps him being passed out hid something else that they did. Or that somebody did. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they say. They just the cops in the, they said, the news conference just well, say. While we are not able to back. reveal the details at this point, evidence of foul play was found, and we no longer believe his death has been caused by an accidental overdose. It's fascinating just to think about as we're going through these chapters. Just like okay, you're I, Marlene King, and Charlie Craig, and you're like sitting down and being like, okay, what do we need to take? <laughs> to tv like what is cinematic from all of this the funeral's closed casket yeah bum, it's chapter bum, six bum. now you're as scarred as i am parker thinks to herself and then yeah. hated herself for her bitterness yeah chapter six we're at the episcopal church nolan's funeral parker wonders if it's closed casket because the marker didn't wash off his face i feel like a undertaker could handle that right like some some putty or something they you know i so I went on a date years ago with a girl who was going to Undertaker mm. School, whatever mm. you call it. Um, basically, our first date was just going through her textbook. How'd you let her get away? <laughs> Seriously. Um, the textbook is fucking fascinating and terrifying. <laughs> like the shit that, that, that has like chapters and chapters upon like reconstructing a human face. Yeah. Also, here's, um, here's the, uh, the maybe it's not Parker thing is she has this bit here. Or Parker herself didn't know what to think. She knew who she knew who'd drawn on Nolan, but as for who killed him, dot dot dot, 
it hadn't been her in the film studies girls, it couldn't have been right. Question mark. So I don't know. I feel like if it is Parker, that's kind of cheating. I mean, there's a dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. Couldn't have been them. Right. You can't argue with that ellipsis. Mm-hmm. Um, so flashback the night of the party, the girls meet upstairs to give Nolan a single oxy pill, which they grind up into booze for him. Ava lures him into upstairs. He passes out on the bed, not before seeing all of them. So they get out multicolored Sharpies. They start writing shit on his face. Uh, one of them is not to be trusted across his forehead. Also, the words liar and monster. Um, and here the girls discuss how foul play could be because they only gave the dude one pill and wrote shit on him, but they didn't go to the cops. I think Caitlin is the one who writes not to be trusted. So they list off suspects from the film class when they first discuss this. Their, their, their idea is that, sure, they had this wild discussion in film class. Their thinking is that somebody overheard them. Mm-hmm. then came in behind them and like finished him off, mm-hmm. which I don't think is, I think that's the flaw in the logic. Someone might've just wanted to murder him and they just happened to be there right before him. But they list off the, the film class suspects, which include Nolan Hotchkiss himself, Alex, Ava's boyfriend, a guy named Oliver Hodges, uh, Ben Marvolo Riddle, mm-hmm. who was like the loser relation to Tom, Quentin Aaron, Ursula Winters, my girl Ursula, Fiona mm-hmm. Ridge, who's vegan, there's, and Claire, Mackenzie's friend, who was across the room. I want to say there's like a whole paragraph on them considering Ursula here, which I feel like almost takes her out of the running. Yeah. As a red herring. Yeah. You know? Well, because she keeps popping up mm-hmm. with her ham hock legs. Yeah. Uh, Parker's having weird he- headaches. Julie is way too tuned into her pain. Also, Parker lives with Julie. What the fuck is going on? No, here? they don't live together. She just comes they, over. She's sometimes. over there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we get some, there's some odd details here. Like, uh, they're talking about you know the planning and whatnot. Are they going to go do it or not? You know the temptation of getting Nolan back, really getting him back, was too great. Is that is really getting him back writing stuff on him, or is really getting him back something else? As Parker's thinking about this, well, there's also I don't I don't have it right in front of me. Um, oh my god, I've bounced through the ebook, the physical book, and the mm-hmm. audiobook of this so many times. Um, at the end of the chapter, there's some description of various paragraphs where there's a lot of like, she did this and she did that. And I'm honestly not sure through this whole section if she's referring to Julie or Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, by this point, like this suspicion slash theory has solidified in me and I just can't shake it loose. Or you have Parker twisted her mouth, but she couldn't quite look at the issue head on. She could barely relive the night without giving a, getting a headache. So it's like she seemingly can't really remember what happened that night, you know, or else mm. she starts to like freak out. And, and then, then at some point she has to go stare at the ocean or whatever. Yeah. Well, there are just some kind of mentions here, maybe a little bit uh, hinting at Parker's jealousy. It's like she's observing Ava, like, you know, maneuvering Nolan. And it's like, that was a skill Parker used to have, you know, uh, later on, Julie's mentioning, you know, we could get into trouble. We could get in a lot of trouble. We all have a lot to lose. And it's like, except for Parker, right? <laughs> she doesn't yeah, have anything. Yeah. That re- and, yeah. It, it's fascinating just like how much of this is carried over from PLL though. Like at some point it's like you realize that the imposition of the truth that's, that's, that's 
like crushing the liars is more important than anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's that, that like that let's make the wrong mistake and not tell the cops thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like that's the beauty of that show. That's why that show works for everyone. For everyone who's like, why don't they just go to the cops? It's like maybe you don't fully get this. I did like uh, when Caitlin's listing down the suspect. She mentions Fiona Ridge, who's vegan, as if that's yeah. the yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, you might be a murderer if you're vegan. Yeah, you're yeah. Well, first of all, number one, how do you know the person who's vegan in the film class? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, nah, too boring to be a killer. Um, they're not getting enough protein to murder people. Another uh, uh, ch- another Parker's crazy bit, just real quick. Uh, it's Parker took a quick shuddering breath. All at once, she felt eyes on the back of her neck boring into her. She glanced back towards the entrance to the courtyard, but no one was there. Hmm. Is someone watching her or is she insane? Sarah Shepard's doing a thing. She's There's doing nothing thing to worry here. about, she told herself. There's no reason anyone would ever suspect you were involved. Hmm. Where's Julie in all this Parker theorizing? I I well, so you're going for the Tyler Durden thing. I'm going I'm going for the Tyler Durden thing. I'm or like she's a fucking ghost or something. I'm going more for just Parker seems to have much more of a motive, much less to lose and much more hatred and anger than the rest of the girls. And she's seemingly has kind of like a dodgy uh, consciousness where she may not remember everything's happening. Like, like aside from whatever Ava personality wise in her Aria esque, you're going as the Parker is the Aria of our dreams. (laughs) (laughs) All the times on the podcast, we were like, Aria has been circling Ezra's apartment for three hours in a dissociative state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know what though? Like there was some there were some juicy moments when we were catching up with ourselves on the podcast, where I feel like through our discussions, I almost talked myself into believing that Aria in the past was the killer or A or whatever. Oh yeah. It was like, I know this isn't going to pan out. I've already watched this show to a certain point. But it's just like, I don't know. This is compelling. <laughs> um, so chapter seven, it's Monday at school. Mackenzie's working on her music stuff in her orchestra class or whatever. There's a Mrs. Rabinowitz instead of a Horowitz. Uh, Mackenzie's the first chair cello. Her buddy Claire is the second chair cello. And Mackenzie's uh, feeling a little guilty because Claire brought her some gummy bears or something. Gummy violins. Gummy violins. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, I made out with your dude and I liked it because he was my yeah. dude first, bitch. Um, so the, the, some cops show up. And these guys are like really no nonsense, I feel like, for a high school class. Like they're just like not at all about like putting it anyone at ease. They're like, we're going to pass out some cards. You got all right. Alphabet on one side, your names on the other. Uppercase letters, please. Print, not yeah. cursive. So, I mean, I feel like you and I both know what to do in this situation, right? Left-handed? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's right, right with the other hand. I, I You won't like get me, that, Copper. Like, while I was reading this, I was just like, I bet Benji's going to say this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we also find out that Mackenzie is thinking about how she sent out the photos of Nolan Hotchkiss, the ones they wrote in his face. She learned this tech trick for some nerd at band camp when she wasn't like like blowing him like a flute. And how to do so, hide her identity, whatever. Like make a Gmail account. Like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Learn this hey. cool trick from a hacker. Well, you got to pay off the fucking weirdo who volunteered for the overnight shift at the uh, mm-hmm. internet cafe. The first cop, there's two cops. The first cop is Detective Peters, who apparently has dark skin. He's six feet six, which is too tall for a human being to be. 
The second cop is Detective McManaman, which is a ridiculous name. I kept on wanting to call him McCinnamon. Yeah, and it's a classic like big, tall guy, skinny, pale guy. Pale dude with rabbity front teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Claire seems nervous about something at the party, which Mackenzie doesn't get because she showed up with her loser boyfriend, Blake. Uh, then, uh, which one's the star of this? Uh, Mackenzie. I keep wanting to say Claire. Mackenzie gets a text from Blake who wants to do some more band practice with just her tonight mm-hmm. at his place around seven. She agrees. She's trying to keep it cool. He wants to work on some arrangements. Um, she then, she responds with like, you know, sounds good or whatever you say. And then she deletes his text, wishing that she could delete the memory of their kiss. All the same, all the chapters end on some kind of oblique statement like that. Well, she, I like how she has this thought of like, oh man, Claire got me gummy violins. No, that's it. I'm going to be a good friend. I'm going to be a good person. I'm never going to kiss him again. Does she text back and say, sorry, can't do it? No. She says, yeah, that's fine. I'll have to be quick though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have to be quick. You're, you're leaving that door open, Mackenzie. Twas it so that easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just this detail from Matt Hill's party, uh, the latest party they went to, where uh, this is the last time she saw Blake. Uh, she saw Claren led Blake toward the big cushion-filled den, I guess, to go fuck, uh, leaving Mackenzie mm-hmm. alone by the snack table, holding both their beers. That's rough. Yeah. Also, where After are these kids getting all this beer? Her. Yeah. Also, that's a lot of fucking confidence on his part. I make out with you. Then we go to a party as a threesome. I go off and fuck this girl. Right, I think he's you just, two ladies don't talk. I think you know that, that Mackenzie is not going to tell Claire about that. Right? This guy sucks. Guys named Blake suck. Not a fan of Blake, huh? Not a, are you a fan of Blake? Am I alone Are you not here? remembering Blake the Super Waiter? Well, Blake the Super Waiter was a special, unique human being. Who, what which... what Blake are you mad at right now? This Blake. This Guys Blake? named Blake in general. Okay. Yeah, our Blake was not a, not a real creature. Mm-hmm. He was a homunculus of uh, perfection. He gave us free French fries, yeah. Uh, <laughs> have we been vague enough about our Blake? <laughs> There was a period where where Benjo and I went to Denny's when we were like 18, 19. Every night. Oh, yeah. We went every night with a couple of friends. Um, we like at midnight. The waiter, like, like at midnight. It would yeah. be the start of our shift. and We'd be there all night. Um, even the night. That the <laughs> we'd order a us. soda and like one thing of French fries. Yeah. We yeah, were yeah. great, great customers to have. Every once in a while, Taking we would up show a, up. One of like, the three booths in the place. Yeah. Every once in a while, every once in a while we would show up with like eight people mm-hmm. and we had a waiter who befriended us who would always like be the guy who chimed in about like our movie query like mm-hmm. if we debated which superman movie did he turn back before Earth google to change yeah. time yeah yeah um he would chime in and he was fantastic but if we showed up with eight people he never gave us a bill it was just about the tip yeah we just paid him dirty. yeah we, just, we would just tip him because he was just like how that it. works but yeah 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 um hey, that's what i'm saying what do you got against blake i don't know i mean but i mean like am i letting that blake like carry this blake i don't this totally hate deserve. this blake but okay. this blake i think it was this blake who did the uh don't you like he takes her glasses off and he's just like you have no idea how beautiful you are or something like that that's this blake i think right yeah yeah this blake from the cupcake kingdom of his sister who has pink streaks in her hair mm-hmm. yeah Anyway, chapter eight, uh, we get a detail here 
This is like some news on TV. Ursula Winters appears on the screen. I love Nolan so much, she said, her voice <laughs> full of feeling. Everyone did. It's such a horrible blow. I don't know, oh. Ursula. Could this be one of those uh, killer who likes to return to the scene of the crime thing, you know, like sharp object style? Or in general, the thing where the person who shows up at the police station who's mm-hmm. just like, hey, I just want to help. <laughs> yeah, some Jody Arias like, shit. <laughs> you're suspicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Jody Arias. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, so Caitlin's watching the news, talking about Nolan's death. Um, then there's Mrs. Hotchkiss, who in the book is described as severe and Botox looking, which LOL in your fucking face. Cause they cast the ethereal, perfect Kelly Rutherford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much yeah, less severe. Looking. That is going to be weird. Cause it, it seems like they're positioning her as like a real, like kind of ice queeny frigid character. Yeah. But that's not my perception of her. So I don't know. We'll see how she plays it. Which one Kelly Rutherford or Kelly Winters? Rutherford. I'm rooting for Kelly Rutherford in just about anything. I know she's in Gossip Girl, and I, you know, like I said, I only watched like, the first season, but I could be convinced to watch the rest of that show just for her. Is there like a uh, like a, a an app or something or a, a what do you call those shit that you can download onto your like your your browser app? Um, extension or whatever, mm-hmm. where I can just like cut out like the Chuck Bass of it all for when I watch yeah, Gossip seriously. Girl? Because um, I don't want to give him money. Um, so we meet one of Caitlin's moms who's named Sybil, which I kept thinking was going to be a reference to something. Uh, she's an accountant. Sybil tells the story of a girl who she got revenge on in high school who had bullied her for, for being gay. Uh, apparently Sybil had stuck into this girl's locker room during gym class. She'd cut the crotch out of her jeans and stole her underwear, which is a hardcore <laughs> bit of revenge. That's, that's a little sexy um, and, and nasty. Caitlin has a flashback to when Nolan collapsed onto his bed that night when the girls confronted him. He apparently said something like, want to know what your brother looked like when I swirlied him? Which, first of all... Well, no, what your brother sounded like, and then he made a a horrible girlish wail. You don't know what he looked like because he had his face in the toilet. Come on, Hotchkiss. No, he says sounded. Oh, did he say sounded? Oh, shit. I wrote looked. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, But still... This is the moment where we get like a real taste of like the Nolan Hotchkiss when caged being like the Joker with like the, do you want to know which one of your friends was a coward? Um, well, so, so there's Sybil here seemingly just has her dead read on her daughter here. Oh, yeah. yeah where yeah. she's just like, apropos of nothing, I can tell you about the time I did something really mean to somebody in high school. You're not uh, feeling guilty about anything right now, are you, Caitlin? Well, it reminded me of those moments that are pretty good writing in PLL, but then like they bring in like a really good director who like has a good actor in mind. And it's just like, well, this, this you know, moment Caitlin kind of is pauses and just like, no, everything's fine. This you moment know, right, right I, here will probably not be in the show because I doubt the mother will be around, but uh, it's Caitlin says, I didn't do anything to Nolan. If that's what you're getting at, she lied. Her mother held her gaze for a beat longer than nodded. Of course he didn't. Like I hope they can work in something like that because yeah, I, yeah. I I like the feel of that scene. It's a it's a Veronica Hastings Spencer moment for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so then Caitlin's car won't start. She needs to get to practice. She calls like a hundred people who don't answer, including her boyfriend Josh Friday. So she calls his brother Jeremy Friday. Jeremy comes and picks her up in his Vespa. Oh, let me she, let me let me mm-hmm. tell you how she describes Jeremy. Who? Please, yeah. Please. Caitlin drew in a small breath at the sight of him. He wore a pair of cargo shorts and a puffy North Face vest over a long sleeve shirt, his longish hair falling into his eyes. She couldn't help but notice how muscular his bare legs were. 
He looks hot, she thought. <laughs> Does he? Jeremy's so white. Cargo shorts. <laughs> the North Face vest. So white. Um, so she goes on a ride for him. Ride with sorry, ride with him, not for him. Uh, the dude smells like nature. She decides he has. Oh, her... he smells like uh, wood smoke and fir trees. Yeah, he has a real Jones to go on a on, on a, like a travel the country venture. Oh, he's one of those like... cure whack fuckers. Yeah, one of those cure whack fuckers. Um, wants to go like on the road, but in a Vespa. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that, dude. Which you're like halfway me... through Nevada, and you're like, wait, this sucks. Which reminded me that uh, uh, K-Stu was in the On the Road movie, which I've never seen. Um, yeah, so they take the scenic route. Jeremy mentions how in freshman year he was a skinny nerd. He took three AP-level classes. He did debate and model UN, which, again, is Humble model bragging. UN a real thing that high schools offer? Really? There's some serious one humble person, bragging there. One person. I want to hear from one person who had a model UN at their high school. Can you take one person. AP classes as a freshman? I don't know. Maybe for last name's Friday. He talks about how when they were in study hall together, he asked to borrow a pen once. She gave him a Dungeons and Dragons pen. It was probably her brother's, but whatever. This dude thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever, which he somehow conflates to her being different and deep. And she smiled. You were different. I mean, good at soccer for sure, but you had depth too. Which is not a compliment. I don't think. Oh, by the way, in the way that he realizes in in her kind of uh kind of narration, she drops just a a cold diss on her boyfriend here. She says that was back in the day when Josh's opinion had mattered to him. (laughs) Ouch. Mm. Um, And then he he does the move. uh, You know, it's good to see you smiling. Oh yeah, more of that, please. Oh. Since your brother died, yeah. So they get to practice. He's dropped her off. He's taking the scenic route. He leans in like he's going to kiss her. Maybe she's going to let him. But then some chick comes running up to like usher her to practice. So who the fuck knows? So who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just like watches her from his Vespa. And that's it. That's chapters one through eight. I hope yeah. that was entertaining. We did like an hour of that. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, we've we've set up some potential suspects and, and red herrings and whatnot. Can I be real with you? Mm-hmm. I've had more fun talking about this with you than I did actually reading it. That's fair. Like I'm like I'm like sitting here thinking like, man, I wish we had like two more chapters to <laughs> dive into. Well, next time we will be doing chapters nine through twenty-one. That should be like the next, uh, like the middle third of the book. Mm. So nine through twenty-one. If you want to read along with us, I think we get a little more into like the the cops start coming around a little more. The heat turns up. Yeah. When you screenshot in there. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. Interesting. Um. Yeah. So before we go, do you want to talk a little about you? I'd love to talk about you. How do you feel about you? Um, I've actually been really enjoying you for a lot of reasons. Most of them to do with the show itself and other reasons too. But like, I guess I, I need you to start it. What do you think about you? Watching it reminds me of the feeling I had reading Lolita where oh, I wow. was what a PLL in, statement. I was in the headspace of a character who's a real monster. And yet because I'm in this empathetic headspace, I'm like rooting for him, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Uh-huh. You're in, occasionally like there, there are times when suddenly you kind of withdraw and you're just like, Ooh, no, you know, like when he's like jerking off in front of her, like a building there, Cranking uh, which, the talk. which yeah. by the way, get some curtains back. I mean, what the fuck? Seriously. Why are you getting eaten out in front of the open window? Get some curtains in case somebody might why, be cranking. Why their are you constantly outside? naked yeah, in front of the open window? Like just like facing the street. It's not yeah. like there's like a yard or something. Yeah. I mean, is this what New York is like? Is this what's happening so. to people? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about Beck? I think Beck is delightful, but also just horrible. She's a horrible person. The actress is fascinating because she always plays um, sugary sweet. Like she plays so sweet it's going to give you a toothache. Mm-hmm. And so having her play this character is kind of fascinating. It ties into, for so many reasons, you're rooting for the utterly reprehensible Joe. Like, I am Team Joe. Oh, we, we should say we're uh, going to be spoiling episodes one through three here. So if you haven't watched, you know, I mean, I guess off pod. we're potentially going to be, I don't know, in a month from now. Sure, we'll we can about check the next in. Few. Yeah, yeah we'll, be, we'll be, it's like a, it's like a subtle, like, you podcast, you cast. Um, Backdoor you cast. Factor you cast. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, you know, good thing I changed my name on on the Twitter recently because Benji in this, that's yeah. that's bad look for Benji's yeah, out there. That's not a good look. That's not a good look. You're better than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if I were to lock soda. you, if I were to lock you into a book cage, it'd be for entirely different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very extremely interested in the logistics of the bookstore. That this appears to be the only storeroom within the book or within the bookstore. Yeah, yeah. But like nobody can nobody go down can go there down because there. I have a person trapped <laughs> in there. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Everyone yeah. I've talked to about this so far has been like, "Oh fuck, back." I hope I hope Joe wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting. Which is terrible because they re- they they renewed the show before the show. Eh, premiered. No spoilers. No spoilers. I-, I will say they gave the premise for season two, which is a shame. Because I feel like it, it makes you imply certain things about season one. Well, but uh, then let's season, not episode, read the premise. Yeah, yeah. Episode three, you get a little bit more of Shay Mitchell, who it's might Peach be Salinger. some of her. Yeah, might be some of her, highly implied to be related to JD. Might be her best work ever. Uh, I, I'm going to be in the minority in this. I don't think she's bad in it, but I, I, I never thought she was bad per se on pll so much as she never really had a ton to work with her character was always written very surface level true there's there are some fantastic examples like there's some emmy showcase reels of of uh shane mitchell and pll one is the uh is it season two the uh do you want to see what you're afraid of Mm -hmm. moment that is that is fucking for the ages but also, there are some comedic moments that she has in, um, in like the the flash forward stuff. It's so good. The uh, the five years later, including her her just her whole thing in the uh, the Troyan episode that Troyan directed. She's so good in that. Um, but here, I don't know. Well, she's, she's so as, she's definitely in the back too. She's really good, right? Like she's well, she's totally in the back. She's also scamming on back, which is why she sniffs out Joe so quickly. But um, con knows a con. I will never not love the pilot for the show for the, how I watched it. What the, the the gist of it? I was very excited. I was very open for the show. But episode two is set up perfectly with the whole the the 
the writerly framework of like they go on their dates and it's like will they kiss will they kiss will they kiss and then she finally kisses him mm-hmm. um, episode two is great episode three i am it ends on a cliffhanger that i'm very curious about <laughs> I mean, I feel like there is no other way for that uh, first sexual encounter to go. Although at the same time, it almost felt felt too predictable. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. Joe's a, a weird character because he seems very smooth while he's maintaining his facade. Mm-hmm. But it's when he actually tries to be romantic, it gets super awkward. Yeah, his whole like, oh, that could be us over here, like pointing at like some you know old couple together. Even like him, like thinking that his like stupid car is like gonna be like the uh, the deal sealer, yeah, and or like trying to go down on her and like IKEA or wherever they're at. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's it's like in his head when he's like scheming and planning, he's very smooth. But then when he mm. and when he's interacting to hide and and you know the ma- bars maintain constantly. the secrecy, yeah, he, he does well. But when he actually has to just be open and interact like normally he sucks. Well, it, it's an interesting dynamic to play because you have the voiceover character. And when that drops out, like when like the, when the actor in the scene has to pause for a moment because like a cop has asked him a question mm-hmm. and he has to like pause for a moment because like the voiceover hasn't quite finished and you're like, Oh shit, what is he going to say? And he's just like, let me show you my garden or whatever. <laughs> Um, it's a very interesting acting style to to carry. Like, uh, what's his name? Gossip Girl himself. Like, he he does a pretty good job of narrate or of navigating it. Um, well, he has a line he has about like, oh, our little friend the internet told me that you lived here or something. It's something about the way he says it, it's like incredibly menacing mm-hmm. and yet casual at the same time. Yeah, they, like they he's he's dropped, sort of low key terrifying. Right. They kind of dropped a little bit of. It from the pilot where I think it's very much uh, you do this and you do that. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little less in the, the next two episodes, but well, that get old after all. I mean, he still does it, but just not quite as much. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope the show brings in Kristen Bell in some, some fashion at some point for a cameo even, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like this show should like really great on me and I kind of really enjoy it. I enjoy it, but I'm, I'm glad it airs weekly because I, I could not binge this. I don't think it would be too stressful. Like mm. I, I need like a break between watching each episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I'm watching it week to week. I'm <laughs> glad that there's seven days in between. <sighs> yeah. People aren't fans of Beck. Apparently I find that amusing. I mean, I guess I, I feel like people when, when Benji was kind of trying to do his little subtle manipulations of Joe there mm. telling him like, well, let me tell you about the kind of girl Beck really is. I feel like mm-hmm. maybe people are buying that a little bit. The ladle, not not just the ladle, but the just the general vibe of like you know this girl's playing. You know she's going to pretend to be this. She's really not type of thing. Mm. It's an interesting explanation of a character by a guy who uses her essentially mm-hmm. for for his pleasure. Um, I don't think Joe's wrong when he says like she's not this way. You've cast her in this role, yeah. But Joe, at the same time, is a fucking nutcase too. So it's like oh, yeah. glass houses, you know. Yeah, Joe's a fucking demented Joe's, evil. Joe has also person. cast her in a role and like yeah. gets violently upset when uh, she doesn't. You know, I'm trying to remember what's the uh, what's the previous girl? 
uh, it starts with like C, I think, like Kristen like, or like, Caitlin or something, Carolyn or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's I haven't read the book. It's something that like it's very weird because I remember um, in a day job that deals with books, like I remember the book coming across my way, and then I remember hearing about the book had been picked up by like you know, a lifetime for adaptation years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember hearing like the people being assigned to the roles and things and like Shay Mitchell. And this was still years ago. And I remember thinking like, it's very interesting. And I, I kept thinking for a long time, it was like a teen thing, but um, like I said, the actress Elizabeth Lale was really interesting. She was in that, uh, she was in once upon a time as one of the frozen girls. She was in dead of summer. She's very good at being just so sweet and then like potentially subverting that. So I keep waiting for Beck to turn that nice girl that I kind of despise into something really sugary evil. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, Norbuck directed an episode of that show and it was a very interesting episode. Um, it's a very interesting show. I watched that dead of summer. So I'm very curious where she goes. Um, Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 into I'm into you. It's it it fits into like a kind of a general PLL thing, right? Eh, maybe Somewhat a little. It's it's stuff. more let's say it's more adult. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, well, I mean you could you the, could easily imagine this being be? like an HBO type show. Yeah, but like the perfectionists though, I think they've they've clearly sidestepped high school for a reason. Well, we'll see about so, that. We'll see, but hopefully they're planning some more adult shit. Especially when you have characters who are in college and you have characters who are teaching college, there's a real gulf there to like, but yeah, I do don't, something interesting. I don't know. It would be weird, I guess to me for Sasha and Janelle, you know, as Ali and, and Mona to suddenly be more adult than they are on PLL, mm-hmm. you know, cause PLL, there's still like certain topics they only discuss obliquely, mm-hmm. you know, like you, like they're talking about like, you know, the, what guys dicks look like. And that's just like a normal part of the show. That's kind of, you know, right. these are adults um, right. and they're like doing Tinder hookups and whatnot. It would be weird if suddenly that became the tone of the perfectionists. And now Ali and, and Mona are part of that. Like Allison breaks a bed from fucking. Yeah. yeah. It'd, yeah it'd, be, be it'd be, it'd be weird. Like just the, the tonal contrast because like, their characters didn't used to be this way on this other show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's that's the beauty of uh the perfectionists and you. Like um and the thing about perfectionists is we have no idea what that show is gonna be. Like no, we don't. I really hope that they <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be like the book we just talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um All right. yeah, I I'm well, looking forward to tuning in this again in a month. <laughs> yeah, we will check back in a month, the beginning of November, to talk about chapters 9 through 21 of The Perfectionist and a little bit of you. And I don't know, maybe I, I they should be filming by then, so maybe there'll be a little more news. That we can yeah, it should be exciting. Well. Should be like any day now, right? Seems Sometime like. in October? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I don't know. Like, but by the time we, we, we reconvene this council, yes. But like where we are now on the, on the cusp of October, there's probably still a few weeks away from filming. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, until then, have a good one. Until then. Bye-bye. <laughs>